Lasting Love Podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love Podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana. I am your host, and today we are wrapping up a series of podcasts that I have called Navigating the Four Relationship Seasons. Now, if you've listened to the other parts, you know the basic premise is that I think a relationship from, from the very beginning to when you might make a lifelong commitment, it has basically four seasons or four phases to it. And each phase has a number of issues that you need to pay attention to. Sort of you need to check off some boxes in each phase. And so phase number one or season number one was called the preparation season or the pre-season, you could say. It's about getting ready for something real. That The issues there are making sure that you are prepared for a lifelong commitment that you are complete with former relationships, that you're ready and willing to make a commitment, that that you're in relationship shape. And one of the important things we said about that, this preparation season, is it's sort of always ongoing. In other words, you're always growing, you're always learning, you're always getting yourself in better relationship you know, shape so that we're not talking about stopping dating and being single for a while necessarily. If that's something that you need to do, you could do that. But you could be in the preparation phase and you're you're actually seeing someone. You've been dating for a while because you're always working on yourself. You're always recognizing that the quality of my love life is not about me finding the right person, but about me being the right person. Okay, so there was the preparation, the pre-season, you could call it. And then we talked about the attraction season, which can last from anywhere from 30 seconds to three, four, five dates. Okay, this is we're just trying to navigate the issues around chemistry. Okay, won't go into that because we spent a lot of time on that. And then once you've established some healthy chemistry, which might not take very long, then the next phase is already kicking into gear, which is, well, the dating phase or the exploration of compatibility and commitment phase, right? The, there is no dating in the attraction phase. It's like this is pre-dating. This is when you just meet some, met someone. You, you know, you just, you're talking to someone. You met them online. You, you're really not dating them yet. <laughs> Because to date someone means first you have to establish, well, do I want to see them? And is there some chemistry? Okay. But again, that can happen very quickly. Um, sometimes not, but can very often be very quick. And then you're starting this exploration phase. That's what dating is, really. So you're exploring the issues that make a couple compatible and able to make commitments to one another. Um, and a lot of people, they sort of, like there's this fear of getting hurt. So they sort of want to have a lot of these answers 
about the exploration phase early so that they can find everything out and maybe not get hurt. Um, so sometimes people can can rush the exploration phase and and kind of interrogate people and be asking lots of questions and end up sabotaging their love lives because they're coming from such fear and such desire to protect themselves that they force things. So this exploration of compatibility and commitment, um, uh, you know, gosh, I, I, this could take quite a while to to really find out if you want the same type of relationship and then to find out if you live your life by the same values and the same commitments and, you know, to find out if your lifestyles match. Um, you, you can't rush it. And so there is a risk of beginning to date someone and you're having great, you, know, you have great chemistry, but the more that you get to know them, the more the relationship doesn't seem viable. And that can be painful, which is why we said last time that you probably should delay having sex because if you do discover that the more time you spend together, that the less viable the relationship is, there's less pain involved if you haven't had sex. Usually if you have sex, your heart gets involved in this. And if you do that very early, you know, right right in the attraction phase, and then you find out that you're not going the same direction, you don't live by the same values, and this isn't the relationship that can actually work, well, you've kind of opened your heart through the sexual experience, and now the breakup is going to be even more painful. So I think it's just wise to delay sex and see if you not only have some attraction and some chemistry, but to see if you have some basic compatibility in the sense that, okay, we both, we're both on the same page here. We both want the same type of relationship. And, 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 and we're willing to be exclusive. We're willing to take our profiles down. We're willing to not see anyone else. Not that we know we're getting married, but that we know we want to give this relationship the space to breathe, the space to develop. Because you can't discover if somebody is the one if you're seeing more than one. So you make this exclusivity commitment, your boyfriend and girlfriend. Then that, to me, is the earliest time you would have sex. And I'm not talking about sex from any moral perspective. If, if, you, have, if you have religious or moral philosophies around sex, then stick to it. I don't, I don't care. That's up to you. I'm just talking about what can cause drama and not, what can cause pain and not. And I think it's best to not only establish attraction and chemistry, but to establish that you you want to be a couple, that you you know each other enough to say, I don't want to see anybody else on Friday night. I want to see you. I want to spend time with you. You're my boyfriend. You're my girlfriend. We're dating. And then... To me, then you celebrate that. You celebrate that we're a couple. We're brand new. It could be only after a date or two. It could be two or three dates and you know enough. Like, I don't want to see anybody else. I've been out with this person a couple times. They're fantastic. There's lots of sexual chemistry and, and interest. And I can tell that they, they want to make a commitment eventually. They want the same type of relationship future that I do. Good. I don't want to see anybody else. Let's take our profiles down. Let's 
let's create a nice safe container to have this relationship develop and see where it goes. Okay. Now, as that's happening, you're starting then to move closer and closer to phase or season number four, which is the construction phase. And again, these phases, they overlap. There's not clear lines of demarcation. They can sometimes overlap, and there's no set time frame. Like, oh, you're exploring compatibility and you're dating. It's got to be for six months, and then you can get to the next phase. Nah, it's not like that. It's very fluid. It depends upon the two of you. It depends on all the different kinds of relationship dynamics. I'm just splitting these things up into four seasons because it helps us identify some some issues that need to be looked at. Okay? Now, um, when we enter into the construction phase, we were starting to really answer the question, is this person the one? Okay? I know I have chemistry. That's the attraction phase. I know we have basic compatibility. That's the exploration phase. But now are they the one? Okay, I, should, should, should we start to think about making this lifelong commitment where it's like we're more than we're, we're just becoming a couple and we're, we're dating each other exclusively. It's like after, after doing that for a while, you're, you're starting to feel like this is my partner, right? So there is a little time that goes by here, right? But it's like the relationship is deepening and deepening and deepening. You're getting to know each other more and more. And so as that's happening, now you're starting to, you're starting to construct your relationship. You're, you're entering into deeper levels of vulnerability and openness, um, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. The relationship is, is beginning to really take shape. So there is some, some time frame here. I don't know if you're really in the construction phase if you've been seeing someone exclusively for less than three months. I think when you've been seeing someone, you know, three to six months, and now you know, you know, like, yeah, I didn't want to see anyone else. I wanted to put all my eggs in this basket. I wanted to create the space to see if this person is the one. And now you're saying, yeah, good choice. Yeah, I mean, we're we're flourishing. We're, you know, I've met their friends. They've met my friends. I've met their family. They've met my family. We're more than dating now. We're really in this together, right? So now you're in this construction phase. And the, the question you're really asking now, okay, so is this re- the relationship? Is this the one? Is Is... Is this moving in the direction where we're going to move in together? We're going to get married. We're going to make some sort of statement to each other that we're going to spend the rest of our lives together as far as we know. Okay? Now, to get to that, it, it does take some time. And let me share a story with you. I once, I once met a woman and I went through all, fa- all four seasons 
Well, I never did the preseason. <laughs> I wasn't ready for something. <laughs> but I did all four seasons in two weeks. Okay. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I met this girl online. I write about her in my first book. I met this girl online and we had chemistry and um, we became exclusive and I moved in in two weeks. <laughs> okay. Now you can imagine how that turned out. All right. I actually moved in with her having known her for two weeks. Yes, there was lots of chemistry. And yes, there appeared to be some compatibility in our, in our basic, we wanted the same kind of relationship. I think we were both relationship addicts. We both didn't want to be alone. We both, you know, we're just craving to be with someone. Um, but within two weeks, I just moved in. And, and so I, I pretty much, you know, that was it, right? Um, but we were not aligned in our commitments. We were not, our lifestyles didn't match. I mean, and, and, but I never took the time to find out all that stuff. I just moved in. <laughs> okay. So that's, a, you know, obviously that backfired and blew up in my face and it was big, big, big drama. And uh, I write about that in my first book. And if you like to read funny stories, you can pick that up. The book is called The Drink With Legs. And the, I, I tell that the story in the opening prologue to the book. So, so there you go. So, um, so I know what I'm talking about with this stuff because I've, I've done it all wrong myself. <laughs> and so I'm able to say, learn from my mistakes. And you don't move in within two weeks. You don't, you know, take your chemistry and think you have something real and run off to Vegas and get married, right? This is why everybody cringes at people getting married if they've known each other less than a year. It's because you haven't really explored your compatibility. You haven't constructed a foundation for a lifelong relationship in less than a year. Please. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> There's no way. Okay? So... When the, when the construction season is over and you're ready to make that lifelong commitment, if all four of these seasons have, have, have culminated in less than a year, you're fooling yourself. Okay? If you feel like, oh, no, I'm done the preseason. I'm ready for something real. I've done my work. I'm continuing to do my work. I met this person. We have great chemistry. We've dated each other and explored this compatibility and we're really in alignment and blah, blah, blah. And then we have constructed a foundation upon which to build our lives for the rest of our lives. And all of that has happened in nine months. I'm sorry. You are lying to yourself. You have not known each other long enough to start saying, we're going to live together. We're going to run off to Vegas. We're going to get married. Nope. A minimum of a year. I mean, maybe there might be some exception somewhere, somehow. Um, but from the, here's my story with my, with my wife, my, my second marriage. Um, we met each other and we had both been in a preseason. We had both been doing work with our, our coaches and therapists respectively. Okay. So we were prepared for getting, you know, for, for, for something real. We met each other and we started dating, became exclusive. And I asked her to marry me 18 months later. Okay. So we basically dated 
for a year and a half. And we went through those stages. We even broke up a time or two in there, okay, which is sometimes important, which I'll get to in just a minute. But I think that's a pretty good pattern. Now, you can't put hard, fast rules on time frames, okay? But I'm just warning you that if you move in with someone and you, you get married and you've known them less than a year, you're, you're asking for trouble. I don't know if you've seen your relationship in action long enough to know if you're ready for what's ahead, the trials and tribulations of life together, the challenges and financial challenges, physical challenges, family challenges. I don't know. I don't think you've really established enough of a foundation to where when the storms come, your house isn't going to get blown over because that's what this construction phase is. You're trying to build your house, like Jesus said, on the rock, on something solid so that when the winds blow and the rain comes and the trouble comes, you've, you're strong. You're strong in your commitment. You're strong in your relationship and you can handle the, the challenges that come up, okay? But if you, if you go too fast, your house isn't going to have a very good foundation. You built it on sand and then it's going to get blown over and you're going to have lots of heartache and, and trouble. So, what are the issues that you need to be talking about in order to know if somebody is the one? Well, I have done an actual podcast on that, okay? It's podcast number 44, How to Know If Someone is the One, okay? So I, I gave five principles, five ways to know if someone is the one. I'm not going to cover those again. But one of the issues was aligned commitments, that you, you live by the same values, you function in the same way. And so after I did that, that podcast on five ways of knowing if someone's the one, the fifth one was all about matching or aligned relationship commitments, and so after that, I did a three-part series going more deeply into that. And it's called The Dating Manifesto, The Ten Commitments of Conscious Dating and Relating. I believe there are ten commitments that set you, set you up for a healthy, sustainable, conscious connection with someone. And you need to be aligned with them. You, you both need to have the firm intention that you both want to live by those. You both want to be people that take responsibility and don't blame. You want to be people who are not committed to being right and proving you're right and making your partner wrong, but you're committed to being curious and open to learning and listening. You want to be people that honor each other's emotions and know how to express your emotions and not avoid them or bury them or project them. You need to be people who are on the same page about revealing your inner truth rather than concealing it and withholding and telling half-truths and so forth. you follow me? You need to be living by the same values if you want the relationship to work. And so I'm not going to go through all that again. That was in podcast number 44, and then the dating manifesto was 45, 46, and 47. So that... That's that aspect of knowing if someone's the one. But I got three other things that are involved here um, in this 
construction phase that really helps sort of round out the picture about knowing, all right, this is my lifelong partner. Now we're ready to move in or we're ready to get engaged. We're ready to, you know, really make a life together because we've constructed a foundation in our dating phase, in our exploration of compatibility phase. It's transferred into this construction phase and we're building this relationship. And what I'm saying is you want to build the house enough before you move into it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? You want to you construct this relationship enough before you move in together, before you get married, okay? So there's three issues here. The first one is drama. Like, I really believe you need to go through, as a couple, some significant drama to see how you handle it together. So maybe that means you break up a time or two because you've had some fights, you've had some disagreements, You've got really mad at each other and you've ended the relationship or been tempted to end it. And, you know, in other words, the shit has hit the fan between the two of you. It's not all roses, right? In that, see, that's the problem with the romance phase of a relationship. There's, there's not been any drama. Everybody's, oh, we're in love and there's all this chemistry and this person is so wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Wait until you really get into it. Now let's see if you can handle when you're really mad at each other. Like when the romance wears off a little bit, when the honeymoon's over, you could say, <laughs> even though you haven't gotten married yet, you, you have some drama. You've, you've thought about something you, or there's been someone's lost their job or there's a health issue or there's some sort of dynamic with you know each other's family. Like you're not getting along with your partner's parents or – there's an issue with your partner's kids or them with your kids, right? In other words, you you really want your relationship, you want the shit to hit the fan to see what you're made of, to see how this relationship will function when it's not all romance and roses. You know what I mean? So you really want to go through some difficulty to see how do we navigate this? Can we handle drama? Can we get through it and maybe come out of it closer? Can drama make our relationship better? See, so like my wife and I, um, within the first six months, I think we we broke up. I think it was twice. And, you know, so that was a real test. It was a real test. Like, how do we really feel about each other? Like, is it worth working on, right? It's like when you, when you have some drama, it really makes you have to face the issue. Is this person and this relationship worth the effort to work through the shit, to work through my anger, to work through my triggers, to work through why I'm so frustrated with this person? And you also want to see how you and or your partner deal with losing a job or a health issue or some other sort of complication. You, you, you just you want to test the metal of this relationship. You want to have it tested a little bit. And when you see that you can handle stuff together, say, all right, now we're, we're constructing a foundation here. So that's the first thing. I think you need to go through some drama, which is one reason why you don't run off and get married at the first sign of chemistry. You don't. You don't know anything about your relationship. 
Okay. The second thing, the other, the second issue that's going to come up in this construction phase is this is the phase where you start to go through some utter and complete disclosure. So first is drama. Second is disclosure. This is the phase or the season of a relationship that you start telling someone about your complete sexual history. And I mean everything. I mean everything. No secrets if you want intimacy. Intimacy is about being naked and unashamed. So there's a phase in your relationship where you might go through your relationship history and let a person know this is who you're possibly going to get married to. These are things that I've done. This is what you're getting into. That doesn't mean you're going to continue to do any of that stuff, but you're feeling safe enough in this relationship and you're willing enough to make yourself vulnerable. Like I want you to know me. Okay. Now that doesn't happen on your first date. That's not appropriate revelation. That's sort of none of their business yet. Right? Because you just met. And we're just kind of seeing if we have some attraction, see if we want to start dating. Right? So you're not withholding, you're not keeping a secret. It's that the relationship has not reached a point where it's worthy of that kind of revelation. You you haven't developed the trust. You haven't you don't have the safe container in in which to reveal all that stuff. So if somebody asks you about all your sexual history on your first date, I mean, that's a red flag. Give me get up and get out. That's right. It's just none of their business. Not yet, but it will be their business at some point. Now, how soon does that happen? I don't know, but it's certainly when it does, you're, you're, you have established attraction. You have explored your compatibility and you're on board and you really are a couple and your 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 relationship is, you know, it, it has settled into a bit of a flow. And then you're starting to work towards this construction season where you might face some drama and see what you're made of, see if your house can stand in the pressures of the storms of life. And then there's the disclosure part where I'm going to tell you, you know, now I feel safe enough to, to let you know all about me. So you might reveal your sexual history. And this is the phase where you might reveal and you should reveal your financial situation. Okay? It's not appropriate on the first or second date to tell someone how much money you make and how much debt you have and you know what your credit score is and all that crap. Okay? That's not appropriate. The relationship is not at that level yet. But when you're in this construction phase, you're starting to disclose, okay, this is how much money I make and this is my my financial situation because you two are at that point where you're thinking about lifelong commitment. Maybe you're talking about moving in. Maybe you're talking about getting married. You know, that that's sort of kind of coming up on the table now. Well, you better know what you're getting into. You got to know all about medical history disclosure. Okay? It's not appropriate to tell someone your your medical history on the first date and what you're dealing with or 
what your mental history is. You know, you don't tell someone on the first date that you're taking bipolar medication, but you do at some point. <laughs> you you don't move in or get married and then find out this person is taking, you know, bipolar medication or medication for clinical depression um, or anxiety meds or things like that, right? So there's 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 a time to begin to really open up and say, okay, this is this is everything about me. This is my finances, you know. This is my medical, my mental history. This is my sexual history. So you're seeing that there's got to be a really pretty high level of trust and relationship depth to have these things become forward. And again, you know that I'm all for being candid, right? Revealing rather than concealing, no secrets in relationships. But the only caveat to that is that some of these things do not and should not be shared at the beginning, right? They're, they're, it's not appropriate. When I talk about revealing in, in when you're meeting someone, dating someone, is revealing how you feel about them, revealing any questions that or concerns that are coming up as you're getting to know them, that, you know, and things you're noticing within yourself as you're with them. But it's not about, you know, Show me the balance in your checkbook. How much money do you make? How much debt do you have? What's your credit score? Because we want to buy a house together, right? What medications are you on? You know, what's your sexual history? Like, so there, there is a time for all of that. And if you're here, and if you're there saying, no, I'm never telling my partner about that stuff, then what you're saying is, I never really want my partner to know me. I really don't want intimacy. Intimacy is into me, I see, right? What you're saying is if you're afraid of disclosing all of this stuff is that you're in some level ashamed of yourself or embarrassed of yourself and you're afraid that if they know this, they won't want to be with me. But before they move in with you or before they ask you to marry them or you say yes when they ask you, they really should know everything about you. This is not like buying a used car where the used car salesman doesn't tell you about something he knows that this this car is liable to break down in three months. <laughs> they won't tell you that even though they probably know it will. They're going to let you buy it, right? We don't do that in relationships. Here's what you're buying. You need to know everything. You need to look under the hood and, you, and I need to tell you everything that's under the hood for me. And again, if you don't want to reveal that, that's that's your prerogative. But what you're saying is, I want to be in a relationship where we're playing games and I'm withholding and I'm and my partner doesn't know who I am. Okay? So this is important, but this this does not happen early. I can't repeat that enough. Okay? So the first issue to face in this construction phase is a little drama. Let's see if this if this relationship can handle some pressure, okay? And then we want to go through some disclosure. And there might be some pretty hard conversations there. There might be some questions that come up. Now that I know that about you, now that you know that about me, does that change anything? Does that give pause? 
Do we need to talk to someone? How are we going to handle this? So if you've got lots of debt, that doesn't mean you should break up with someone, but you might have a conversation about how are we going to handle our money? What will our spending habits be? How, how will the bills be paid? Right? You're starting to have those kinds of conversations. If we live together, we get married together, how is this going to work financially? What are you doing with your mental health now that I know these things? What are you doing about this physical issue that I know? Right Now, some of this stuff really can come up within three, four months because a relationship can develop that fast. To where you you just feel, man, we're a couple. We're madly in love with each other. We're on the same page. We're compatible, all that kind of stuff. And um, not that you would get married in three, four months, but you can start to to discuss this stuff. I think I was with my wife. I think it was around the six-month mark, we started talking to each other about how much money do you make, honey? How much do I make? How much debt do you have? How much debt do I have? What are your financial commitments? You know, what are you doing with your children financially? What am I doing with my child financially? Right, we started to get in that. We didn't have any medical things. We're just, we were just lucky in that way. Um, you know, we didn't have any sexually transmitted diseases. Well, by the way, that, that should come up before you even have sex. Um, you know, full disclosure, if you've got herpes or if you've got AIDS or if you've got some sexually transmitted disease, you don't have sex without telling that person up front about that. And then you, you navigate that by talking to doctors or whatever. Okay. So that's the second issue is there's a disclosure stuff that needs to go on. And then that those can be very difficult conversations. You might need help. You might need coaching. You might need therapy. You you might need financial planner. You uh, you know what I mean? It could be anything. You might need to go to doctors together um, so that you can hear the doctor talk about this person's medical issue. You might need to go into their psychiatrist with them. And you, you're a couple now. And, and so how can I support my partner with their bipolar? What does this mean for our relationship? You know, uh, these are all things that need to be talked about, Okay. So drama disclosure, the last one is differences. Differences. You're constructing a healthy relationship when you're noticing your differences and celebrating them. In order for you to know that someone is the one, you you need to know how you are different And you need to see that as a positive. You need to be celebrating that you have differences in your personality and the way you see the world and the way you move and even in some of your priorities. Because you are going to have lots of differences and personality differences with your partner. You are. I mean, very often in relationships... One person has much more of an attachment need than the other. Very often for people with attachment issues, attract people who have avoidant issues. So in a relationship, some people have a total need for lots of time and attention and closeness. The other person needs more space. 
Okay? There's nothing right or wrong about that. But those differences need to be appreciated and celebrated and worked with. So the person who needs more space, that they need the freedom to have space. The attaching person needs to be able to relax a little bit and not take it personal when this person wants to go spend time with their friends or wants to be by themselves. And if you're with someone who is has a higher need for closeness and contact, you need to be able to understand that and to give them your presence, just to, to recognize their need for closeness and contact, even though you don't need it as much. So you can't be in a relationship where you're trying to change the other person to be like you because now you're not celebrating your differences and finding a way to work with them. Now you're, you're in a critical controlling relationship where you're trying to change each other. My way is the right way. Your way is the wrong way. Okay. So that's one difference. One person often is a spender and the other one's a saver. Often in a relationship, one person is sort of fast moving and decisive and, you know, more impulsive and the other person is more cautious and thoughtful and they're slower at making decisions. Okay. So your opposites attract. I mean, there's going to be a masculine feminine difference. Even if you're in a gay relationship, one person's going to have masculine energy as more of their home base. And the other one is going to have feminine energy as a home base. That's why there's chemistry in the first place. But those energies have very different priorities, very different purposes. So they're very different. And you need to learn how do you celebrate that? How, how do you allow your differences to, 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 to help you be playful with each other, to help honor each other and not be in, you know, the masculine, well, the way I see the world, the way I make decisions is the right way. And you need to be less emotional and be less feelings oriented. Well, now you're condemning each other. Do you follow me? So you you need to under you need to see the differences you have because in the romance phase it really feels like oh my god I've met my perfect match we're we're the same we have the same likes and dislikes and we like all the same things and we're so compatible we're the same no you're not being compatible doesn't mean that you're the same you can have unbelievable compatibility, but be entirely different from one one another. Me and my wife could not be more different in our personalities. I'm a sports guy. I, I, I watch ESPN all the time. She hates sports. She doesn't know anything about them. She has no interest in them. She likes Hallmark Channel, for God's sakes. I can't stand it. It makes me lose my mind. <laughs> I could go through and I have done compatible. There's a, pro, a, a, a there's a podcast I've done that's called something like the benefits of of incompatibility. Okay, you could find that. Just look at my podcast list, and you can find it. Because there really is benefits to a relationship when you're sort of incompatible in terms of you're different. You're, you're different in your personalities. Okay, so. When your differences are known and yet they're celebrated, like, I don't want to change you. I want to learn from you. I might need 
to learn something from my partner and the way they see the world. Maybe I need to learn how to be more thoughtful and how to take more time with decisions. Maybe I make decisions too quickly and it backfires on me. So maybe you're in my life because you're different from me and that's good because I need to, I need to be more like you. Have you noticed that we're very lopsided in our psychology? Have you noticed that? That we're sort of skewed? <laughs> you know, you're risk-taking and you're, you're kind of skewed that way. The other person is skewed and being overly cautious or with spending and saving or, you know, pace of life. I'm fast-paced person. I talk fast. I walk fast. I drive fast. My wife is a fucking turtle. I mean, she, <laughs> she is. <laughs> okay? So you can look at those differences and say, the universe put me together with them because I need to become a more well-rounded person and I need to celebrate the way my partner is different and maybe even learn from them. See, now they're not my enemy because they're different from me and I, I, now I don't have to change them to be more like me because my way is right. No, they're my ally. They're different from me because they're in my life to teach me something that I really need to learn so that I can be a more grounded, well-rounded person and not be so lopsided in my psychology. So now you're assets to one another, even though you're different and it will drive each other crazy, right? Underneath that, you're seeing your differences as a good thing and you're not wanting to change the other person. You're celebrating that they are who they are. It's okay that they're different. And we're building a foundation where we can make our relationship flourish because of our differences. It's, it's our advantage that we're different. It's, it's, a, it's a plus. It's not a negative. It's not like I'm not going to get married until I change my partner to be the way I need them to be. That ain't it. That's not love. I don't know what that is, but this is not love. Remember, love is unconditional. What is unconditional love? I love you for you. I don't love you if you're the way I want you to be or if you're like me, if you handle money like me, you handle time like me, you make decisions like me, you're masculine like me. No, that's, that's conditional love. <laughs> that's not love at all. Right? You want unconditional love. You want someone to look at you and say, I love you like you are. And you drive me nuts because you're so different. But that's okay because it's good for me. And we can be playful in our relationship and learn from each other and celebrate our differences. That's when you're constructing a foundation. So when you've gone through some drama, when you have gone through some disclosure, and when you have differences that are noticed and celebrated, you're ready to commit, to make that lifetime commitment. That's when you're ready to get on one knee. That's when you're ready to say, let's live together. Let's make a life together. Let's do this for the rest of our lives. So then you could say there's a fifth season, the celebration season. <laughs> right? You celebrate by having a wedding, by moving in and having a moving in party. What you're celebrating is that you've gone through the four seasons. You've prepared and got yourself ready for something real. And then you met somebody 
and the attraction was there and it was the healthy chemistry, not the unhealthy kind, which got you immediately into the exploration of compatibility phase. And we worked through those phases of do we want the same kind of relationship? Do our lifestyles match? Are we on the same page in terms of our, our values, our commitments? Yes, yes, yes to all of that. So that put us into the construction phase where now we're deeply laying a foundation for our lives together. And we've gone through some difficult drama and some disclosure and we've noticed our differences and our attitude about them is that that's a good thing even though it's difficult. Hmm, Now you're ready to celebrate. And I just don't think any of that can happen in less than a year. I mean... I'm sure you can tell me a situation where that's not true. And, and you're probably right. There, there, there are exceptions to everything. But to me, that is navigating the four seasons. Okay? Now, at every phase, at every season, coaching can and probably will be necessary. Okay? So that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm sort of an expert at these Seasons, one, because I've been through all of them numerous times and failed a bunch of times and learned from it, and now I've navigated them and I've come out the other side, sort of figured it out, and from the trainings and all the the stuff that I've done on the certifications and everything else. But if you are feeling stuck, if you're in a relationship and you're feeling like we're stuck in a phase, how do we move to the next phase? Or if you know that you always have an issue for yourself personally at a certain season, like I, man, I mess it up in that attraction season or the, the compatibility season, the, you know, that one, that's where, that's where my relationships always break down, right? So when you hear about these four seasons, kind of grade yourself, where have you been? Where do you feel least prepared for? least ready for, reach out to me, you know, get yourself prepared for something real by working on some of these phases and some of the issues that, and fears that come up around them. So that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you attract lasting love. And until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.